0: You tuned in to 96.7 on your FM dial. This is Hugh Cruzel, and the program is QOL, Quality of Life. You know, I've had the pleasure of chatting with people who recently moved to Canada, and uh, but none are more fresh than Alex. You're gonna ha- we're gonna have to talk about this for sure here on 96.7 on your FM dial. This is CKLU, and you can listen to Radio Garden at the same time. Just rotate the globe. You'll find it Thursdays, 6 o'clock. If you can't listen synchronously, there is always the asynchronous route. You can listen to podcasts. Just Google Hugh and Cruzel and the word podcast. You'll find multiple episodes available for you. Alex, where are you today?
1: Today I'm just in the uh, north end of Halifax, having just established myself here. It's all very exciting.
0: You sound like you come from somewhere else.
1: I do, yeah, I must uh, admit. I've, uh, I come from the south of England. This is a bit new for me.
0: Well, you're not in the south of Canada. Um, that would have to no. be Leamington and Peely Island and places like that. Much of Canada is above 49 degrees north latitude where exactly in england did you come from
1: i came from a little village just outside of Ashvin in kent so i, I i've lived in a, a quintessentially english village for most of my life so to say the least this is a bit of a change
0: no kidding no hop uh, no <laughs> hop houses around i know in kent there's no. the traditional hop curing or drying now nobody in canada says they come from a little village uh, but in england it seems to be a real gold star <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's. Um, I think a lot of people in in England tend to pride themselves from to, to being country folk. Uh, certainly, in my little village, you one would think that uh, half the people there probably have never even ventured as far as London.
0: So, do you live in a neighbourhood in Halifax?
1: So I'm currently just off um, Edgewood Avenue. I'm staying here for the time being. I'm in an Airbnb until I settle in and sort of find out where, where I'm going, what I'm doing. Moved here with my wife, Annie. So it's just, it's very much everything's up in the air at the moment. It's exciting. It's scary. It's pretty much a flood of every possible motion you could probably conjure for no something like kidding. this. No kidding.
0: And and, and and grocery shopping is different and traffic oh, it's, yeah. are you have you made the mistake? I know I go to England and I, I look the wrong way, even when <laughs> I get <Yeah>. off
1: <laughs> majorly. <laughs> and I'm still trying to work out the whole right of way thing. Like I'm standing up roads thinking, do I go? Do I not go? A bit of a culture shock to say the least.
0: Yes. But I'm sure it's a wonderful culture shock.
1: It is. No, I mean, I mean, it's been I intentional,
0: think... right? You're, you're intentionally here. You haven't been banished from your village.
1: No, not at all. No, no, nothing like that. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I've been coming to Nova Scotia for the best part of 10 years now. I, I first came in 2014 and funnily enough i'd actually followed in my my mum's footsteps she'd come out here in the 1970s she'd fallen enough of the place we have relatives over here oh. um so she, she'd always inspired me with the stories of nova scotia it's 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 rawness it's ruggedness it's sheer beauty frankly the, the maritime provinces as a whole of course but uh, well, if and, you want, and, frankly canada
0: if you want ruggedness i think you should have headed a little further north to newfoundland and labrador <laughs>
1: Oh, sure. I mean, that's definitely on my list. Watch this space. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. The is my oyster. The maritimes are my oyster. Who knows?
0: Well, I'm sure you'll see Central Canada and Western Canada, too, in your time, if you haven't already. I can't
1: wait to explore. I now, really can't wait to explore.
0: Speaking of exploring, one of the reasons we're talking is not just because you're new to Canada. You and your wife have come here. You are interested in Canadian military history. And since that's this awesome. program is about quality of life, I will tell you that many people well, they value, they 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 celebrate the history, the, the involvement of their parents, grandparents, distant rest relatives in the Boer War, in the First, the Great War, in the Second World War, in the Korea. Cari- mm-hmm. Tell me about what you're doing, and goodness oh, gracious me, however did you get into this? I mean, seriously, a real a subset, not just military history, Canadian military history from a guy in England.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So um, I I guess my passion for Canadian history overall stems from the fact that I've always had a passion for Canada full stop. Um, But um, because I'm a sort of a historical researcher and writer in the UK, I write for several historical magazines. um, I always found myself Seen, just always seen that the Canadian involvement in, in, in two world wars was woefully underrepresented in Second World War, First World War and Second World War discourse. And I wanted to play my own small part in writing that role frankly
0: well then you're going to have to go to ottawa and go and see the have you heard about the you you know about the museum i've I've,
1: I've been quite involved with the canadian war museum with previous projects they've been absolutely outstanding i've yet to visit it i'm very excited to do so
0: oh I, i think you're going to get a thrill seeing it because of its architectural well the design work that went into it but i mean The thought that that light comes in on the 11th hour of the 11th day and shines on just the right spot, there's been a a real, it's a real mental puzzle that they've put together, a a, a celebration of. Oh, you've got to go.
1: It's an incredible feat. Yeah, I I think it's so important. It's a very poignant way of commemorating what Canadian um, servicemen and women uh, did. For the the liberation of Europe, for the liberation, or well, to to free the world of, uh, you know, fascism in the 1940s, Um, yeah, totally. I I, and I just feel it's so important that more people talk about it. I mean, in my country, for instance, I'm well. It would be unfair to say that every single person in my country feels the same way, but I'd certainly say there's this notion that um, after Dunkirk. That Britain stood alone.
0: That's not true. We stood it's with not you. True. Yes. You stood
1: with us, and so did so many other people. Yes. and I know I appreciate there's some technicalities around that, that some people might choose to argue. I don't. I think it um, it diminishes the individual, the identity of those who stood with us the whole way. Almost. I mean, Canada joined the Second World War a matter of days after Britain declared war on Germany. Um, you had the autonomy to do so. I mean, it, it seemed like you were likely going to, but you, you chose to. You chose to st- st- stand with us. And um, I just think it's so vital that more people in England, uh, well, in the whole of Britain, they've realized that we weren't alone. We never were alone.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There are several things here that I can just see departure points for, for discussion here. On I, yeah. I've got to ask this one. Going to the continent, there are Canadian monuments, classic Canadian monuments, some in need of repairs, some that have recently been repaired. Have you done a tour of the battlegrounds and the the cemeteries?
1: So most recently, I went over to Dieppe to mark the 80th anniversary of the raids uh, last year. Uh, And that was probably one of the most moving experiences of my life, actually. Um, I mean there are not many veterans left from the um, from the, the Dieppe raid uh, we were honored to have in attendance one of them there um, and it was just just an incredibly moving experience it was so well done I had the opportunity to go to the uh, the local war cemetery there and pay my respects to those who fell um, and when I'm on that side of the pond again, I intend to do a lot more.
0: And France is one thing, but there's also Holland, uh, the big cemetery at Grossbeek, for example, uh, near Arnheim, uh, Canadians were desperately involved and desperately needed to, to push a little harder. And, and that's, you know, gosh, I don't even know if how many of our, are you going to work with our local schools? and and help celebrate what we've we've done because i don't know that we you know the textbooks don't do a good job of of really telling the canadian story even to canadians
1: i i would be happy to tell the story wherever anyone's willing to be to hear it i think is the bottom line um i, I i've come here because i love canada because i love nova scotia but if i can play any small role in highlighting uh canadian military history i i, I will be the first one there
0: Absolutely. Now, have you kept up with some of those stories, like the the um, the the rifle that was developed for the Canadians in the First World War? Did you follow that story at all? About... No, that
1: must, thats I must admit—that's a gap in my knowledge. Oh well, I, we'll I, I we'll I do something I can't about, that. To know much about
0: that. Yes, there there was a special rifle developed and uh, i'm not going to tell you more about it but there are books on this and uh, and there are stories and there are armories across this country that celebrate that each probably have their own little i see you traveling f- till you're well till you're uh, gray and and tired and you say i've seen it oh, no you can't see it all now i've been to the uk i've been to england specifically southern england many villages have a monument a cenotaph right in perhaps a roundabout or at the corner we don't have as many of those things here we might have one um of course then there's another trip for you in ottawa you must go to the national war Mo- monument
1: Yes, again, that's high on my list. I mean, I, I look forward to uh, to going to the whole of uh, here. I'm planning an entire itinerary songs. for you. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be just so exhausted when I go there. <laughs> I know it, but it's gonna be amazing.
0: Well, you're never gonna have time to write anymore. You're just gonna keep. I know.
1: No, it, it kind of feels like that already, but it's uh, just to be here, just to be immersed in this place that I've 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 dreamt of being here.
0: This is so day long. what for you?
1: This is i have been here for about. A week
0: now. No, I, know, I uh, think it's day eight, actually.
1: Yeah, it must be that you clearly
0: know more than I do. <laughs> well, you were on Twitter, and I couldn't help but that you popped up, and I was like, "What is this?" I have to ask questions. You know, there when you've been here eight days, we start writing yet about some of this.
1: I would start, well, I will once I've got all the logistics sorted out. I've still been having to, uh, <laughs> I've still been having to sort out all the sort of um, the things that one has to do to be able to work in this country and everything like yes, that. But yes. uh, once I do, I will definitely be. W- we'll
0: walk towards up doing to the that. Citadel in Halifax. Walk up to the Citadel in Quebec City. You, you will, you will have a thrill. I can tell you're going to have a thrill doing this.
1: Yeah, I mean, those. Funnily enough, those are the two places I have actually visited on previous Ah. uh, uh, on previous occasions. I've been to the Halifax Citadel a a few times. On the first time I came to Canada, I went to the one in uh, Quebec City as well, and that was just outstanding. I mean, they have such a rich history. Uh, The French. Canadian contribution too was just absolutely fantastic, and especially uh, in the Italian campaign. You know, you had the famous Victoria Cross recipient, Paul Triquette, who uh, I've always found such a fascinating chap. Um, yeah, and it's just all very, all, all very the, exciting, all you, very new.
0: You mentioned the Italian campaign all the way up to Monte Cassino and places like that. The Canadians, yes, they they we forget I think because we're busy. We tend to forget. I am going to ask this question because I I don't know actually the parameters of your writing. Do you write about way back? Do you write about the time you know, the 1600s, where Canada was, like, not even thought about very much, but potentially. And then the 1700s, 1800s, War of 1812, mm. you know, mm. where we're... we're I'm, I'm getting too excited about this. Yeah, no, I just... no, not at
1: all. I mean, I'm getting excited too. I mean, the very prospect of doing that, I can't admit to have d- write, written much about it yet, but it's something definitely on my uh, list of things I'd like to do. I'd love to explore more Indigenous history. I'd love to explore some of the... Um, uh, the, the, the wars between Britain and France yes. during the colonial period. Yes. Um, these are all things that are on my list. I'm, I'm going to be, you know... You won't have time for, for any interviews. ...for a long, long time. But this is this is the thing, though, because I think so many people um, sort of around the world, they don't realize how many just incredibly fascinating layers there are to Canadian history.
0: So true. Incredible. So true. Yeah. Just wait till you have neighbors and they ask you, what do you do? Alex, what do you do now? Let's go there. If somebody wanted to research about you, they wanted to read some of your articles. What would they? I mean, I just said, Alex, tell us your last name. Tell us where to find some of your publications. Sure
1: thing. So, um, I mean, my name's Alex Bowers. Uh, you can find me tw- uh, on Twitter as you very, uh, I appreciate you plugging. Thank you very much for that. Um, you can get find my work often in History of War magazine, which is a UK based publication, but I do understand you can get digital copies at the very least over here in Canada. Um, I have written for Britain at War magazine. I've written about um, uh, the Camp Norway in Lunenburg. I've written about uh, the Battle of Bowmanville, which was a, a German POW revolt Yes. Um, in uh, Ontario. I've written about, uh, oh gosh, the, uh, Canada's Fortin Park class merchant vessels and their outstanding contribution, uh, you know, in the Atlantic convoys. Um, I've also written about Altona. Um, I'm looking towards writing about the Battle of the Schultz. um Everything. There's just, there's, yeah, there's just so much. I, I, I've had the privilege to cover, and there's so much still to do.
0: Okay, so you told us that your mother had been here, that you have family connection here. But at some point in time, when you were 8 or 12 or 20, you went, I am going to do this thing. What university did you go to? What did your profs have to say? How did it all play out? Because I could just hear them right going right now. Surely to goodness, Canadian war history? There isn't yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's exactly that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I mean my, my so my my inspiration for coming to Canada definitely stemmed from my mum's journey. Um, but since then, since first coming here in 2014, um, it's just always had a special place in my heart. Um, and, yeah, I, I suppose when I said that I wanted to specialize in Canadian military history, back when I was in the UK, everyone's a bit like, come again? Yeah.
0: Surely, <laughs> my boy, you must have been mistaken. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, there's no denying the fact that, you know, there's plenty of British history to write about. And uh, I I suppose um, my family being the sort of, I mean, again, I acquired my love for history from them. They were a little stunned at first when they realised I wasn't going to be writing about British history. I was going to be writing about Canadian history. Um, But I think when they realised how important it was to me, um, and my reasons for doing it, you know, highlighting Canada's contributions, uh, they came around to it very quickly.
0: Hmm. Well, the, uh, I'm sure um, they can't wait for your first story to come out. And uh, yeah. and uh, I, I, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to pressure you to tell us what it will be. But it will be probably very um, fascinating because I think sometimes if we look inside at ourselves, we probably write a different story than somebody from a fresh perspective, from a different geographical perspective, even, who says, ah, this is what Canada did. This is what happened.
1: Yeah, I do understand that. And I, I think maybe there is something to be said about a um, s- someone from outside of Canada writing about Canadian history. I guess they probably have, to some degree, a fresh pers- perspective. I'd like to think
0: so. <laughs> well, for sure. Now, It is an opportune time to maybe ask this question. You know, Canada's been very involved in the United Nations efforts. Are you going to write about the blue helmets, the blue berets? Is that going to be something? Because now you're talking about Cyprus and Africa and and Afghanistan. Gosh, are you going to write about Afghanistan and Sarajevo as well?
1: absolutely i am yeah i haven't yet but again sort of as as, I was, as you were saying about going backwards i'm absolutely going to go forwards too you know there's uh canada's involvement in sort of peacekeeping missions goes on well you know sort of well into recent times well, right now absolutely they do absolutely i have a feeling um, at
0: some point in time you're going to have a meeting with a prime minister and you're going to say <laughs> he's going to say what do you do <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start. Oh, I think I think you would. Is your intent to become a Canadian? Oh,
1: I, I think my mum's ears are burning at the moment.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll leave it there. We're, I'm not. I'm not going to pressure you. No, no, no,
1: no. I, I, I'd, I'd love to. Don't get me wrong. I, I I would love to to be here and work my way towards that. Um, it's just been it's been a very hard um, to sort of part with my my parents. Um, uh, and obviously, this is uh, the furthest I've ever ventured away from them. Um,
0: you in know, a permanent I, I've, way. I've had
1: quite a privileged upbringing insofar as when I did move out from my parents' house, I moved out two doors down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've always had my parents sort of relatively nearby. You know, I moved in with my wife, um, but my mum my did tend to sometimes treat it as just an extra room, our our house. Um, So I think it's been a bit of a a shock to her, and it's been a bit of a shock to me, and it's certainly something that we're still getting used to.
0: When Uh, did you make this decision? I I have a feeling it wasn't lightly made, but it was made.
1: It was a difficult decision because I knew that I'd have to be saying goodbye to a lot of people I care deeply about, or at least saying, you know, know, goodbye for now. Um, And I think the came from the pandemic, frankly. Hmm. We, we were in a position where uh, you just, you you only live once, don't you? This is the thing. I've always believed this. And I think after seeing everything, the terrible, you know, experiences of the pandemic, and just realizing that there's, 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 you only live once. And, and now's the time to, to, take the opportunity so my wife and i just decided we were going to go for it and just see what happens and everything seemed to fall into place too because we'd been warned for so long that it was going to be a complicated process and don't get me wrong it was but we were very blessed in how the process just did it just tended to work out for us really nicely
0: it's marvelous
1: and it was amazing and i think it was just the universe pointing us in this in this direction you know
0: well, you don't strike me as somebody who would say, oh, this is, this, oh, we just come across a hurdle. Oh, we'll stop right there. You, you're going to take the next hurdle. I want to address something that's perhaps a little pandemic-y in some ways, but it has a lot more to do with technology. Your writing today, your research, since we're talking about quality of life and, and this is your life, does having the Internet does having access to documents that have been perhaps hidden away for years, does it having photographs at your fingertips, does it make it easier today to be doing what you do? And I mean, you could have done it some other place. You probably, you were doing it there, but to be here is one thing. But is it an easier world to be a researcher than it was 25 years ago?
1: I would say so. Absolutely. I mean, I'm still relatively new to the game, but from my experience so far, um, especially since when I began writing about Canadian military history, I was writing it from the other side of the pond. You know, I, I still had access to some of the, the incredible institutes you've got over here, Library and Archives Canada, and all these digital records they had on there and the images that they've got. Um, absolutely, it's, it's a lot easier now than it would have been, you know, several years ago when there were just all these different logistical issues that you had to, one had to overcome. Um, but now, like you say, you've got these things at your fingertips, um, and it's so easy to engage with people at various different museums across Canada, too.
0: It's a phone so I've, call. I've had the
1: pleasure of working with, yes. uh, you know, on numerous occasions. Yes. So, and I look forward to working with them, hopefully in person. Who knows?
0: I'm sure. And You know, you talked about leaving your parents behind and leaving England. It's only an airplane right away. This if is not- it. Although Plus, these, it's the
1: east coast, you know, so it's kind of like you, you feel learn, closer. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> although, although a lot of flights from the east coast to England have you have to go back to Toronto now to. But that's that's not not an ideal, really.
1: Well, so yeah, we we discovered that the hard way when we ha- we tried flying out there this winter when we had to go we had to go to Reykjavik first in Iceland and then we had to go to Toronto. And then we had to obviously come to Halifax. And we got in about 24 hours after we left. And I appreciate that people probably have longer journeys than that. But I I tell you what, it was something else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, we've we've talked to you. And I don't necessarily mean that you're supposed to talk for your wife. But is she enjoying the arrival in Canada?
1: She's loving it, absolutely. I was so worried at first um, when I met her that I would be bringing her to somewhere she, she didn't want to go. But I took her the second time I ever came here and she fell in love with this place. And she saw the same things that I saw in it. Uh, I, I had the privilege of taking around uh, the Cabot Trail. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, It's just beautiful. Yeah, and that is... I think seeing the full colors, it just uh, something sort of woken her that had woken me uh, before and ever since we've shared the same dream.
0: However, there is something called winter here in those four seasons.
1: That's true. Yeah, <laughs> baptism of snow, they say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not fire. That's true.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, that was an experience again onto itself. I mean, back in old Blighty, I'm used to a bit of drizzle, but uh, here in minus something, when the snow's blowing in your face that was that was an experience i think would be a fair comment to put do, it politely okay
0: let's take that and run with it do you think that that made the canadian soldiers tougher did it make them more resilient did it make them a uh, uh, you know more able than others because they went so what it's just snow let's march on
1: <laughs> it's certainly a very curious concept to uh, to to consider um it, it might have certainly had an impact but Then again, you you have to think of all the different weather fronts that the the Canadians would have had to experience in different places across the globe when they were fighting, you know? I mean, when they were in South Africa, when they were in Hong Kong, there was all these different climates that they had to experience that perhaps they hadn't been used to.
0: No. You want us to wear shorts? You must be, we're Canadians. We don't wear shorts. Well, we wear kilts. Some of our units wear kilts. It's true.
1: Absolutely. You know, yeah. there's
0: another area to explore. I'm, I'm bouncing around all over the place. But I—I I, again, I don't know what the reserves are like in England. But in Canada, many of the fighting units were reserve units that were called up then to become more than just, you know, uh-huh. uh, uh, marching and, and bands and whatever. They were put to use. And uh, you know, I can think of my own regiment, the Governor General's Horse Guards, or 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 others that you know played a very vital role in the North African campaign and other places. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow, you know, yeah,
1: very, no, very interesting stuff. I mean, I, I I'll be honest with you. This again, this is another one of the gaps in my knowledge because I. I this is full confession now. I don't actually possess a qualification. Uh, this is something I've had to learn off my own back. Um, this just something I've been passionate about. And it's something I've been engaging with for years now. And uh, I, I don't want to step on it on the toes of any qualified historians. No, um,
0: but you can bring but, a different perspective.
1: Yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Definitely. I hope so.
0: Gordon Pinsent, who just died, I don't know if you saw that in the news. Uh, he was never trained as an actor, went on to become one of Canada's greatest actors. So, mm. don't 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 knock the fact that your passion can outweigh, uh, you know, yes, all those things.
1: I mean, I think for me, uh, the way that I tend to tell stories from my my writing is I've always gone for a more story driven outlook that sort of highlights the human. Uh, you know, side of things rather than the, the formations and the, uh, you know, the, the nitty-gritty details, which I feel would probably be better placed in someone who's a qualified historian. But um, I I, I'll, I, I'll I give you this. I'll give you this. Yes.
0: I, I I, think in 20 years, two decades from now, when you and I are talking, you will have all the qualifications you need because you've had two decades of experience.
1: Maybe. I mean, absolutely. Time will yeah, tell. No, I'd love to i'd love to pursue it further and see maybe i, I might even go to university here
0: who knows <laughs> I, I think you might teach at the university
1: <laughs> you flatter me <laughs> ah, i don't think so
0: i think there's lots of opportunity here for you to to apply your trade and mm. uh, you know i'm sure that the legion magazine would be probably happy to take articles by you i don't know if you've had anything to do with the legion uh, okay well, <laughs> he taps
1: his nose okay uh, those in radio
0: land can't see that but uh yeah you know alex what a pleasure to talk to you and again remind the audience where to find anything by you if they want if they google you again provide that information
1: follow me on social media at alex Bowers. you can find a lot of my work i share a lot of my work over social media there um but, more specifically, I've written for History at War magazine quite extensively about the Canada's contribution, I've written for Britain at War magazine, I've recently written for the Armourer magazine, and there are other publications that I will be re- announcing later it's down later. the line.
0: Well, folks, I want to thank you very much for tuning in today, and I want to thank Alex Bowers for being my guest today here on QOL. You can tune in this Thursday, every Thursday. I'm not sure when this will be published, but, uh, you know, we'll catch up with Alex again, I'm sure, in a year or two and see what he's been up to. I'd love that. I would, too. (laughs) Bye for now, Alex. Thank
1: you very much. Bye now.
0: Bye, folks.